0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Mobile Word Podcast. My name is Pastor Nathan Paygard, and I'm grateful that you could join me today, and I'm looking forward to walking through the Word with you. For this episode of the Mobile Word Podcast, we're going to be focusing in 2 Chronicles, chapter 26. So again, we're going to be reading 2 Chronicles, chapter 26. What we do in the Mobile Word Podcast is we read from the NIV, That's what I'll be reading, but if you have a different version you'd like to read, feel free to get that out on your phone or your physical Bible that you have, Um, and feel free to read chapter 26 on your own in the version that's comfortable for you um, so that you get the context of the chapter when we're in our discussion section of the podcast. So again, I'll be reading from the NIV. If that's comfortable for you, uh, then you can listen along while I read the entire chapter 26. You can pause right now and read your own version, or you can listen to me and then pause afterwards. But either way, we're going to be in Second Chronicles chapter 26. So we'll read the entire chapter to get the context of the entire chapter. And there's uh, several points that I think are are important for us to take out for this discussion of chapter 26 that we'll focus on. So we'll read the whole chapter, and then we'll focus on um, some some individual verses throughout the chapter to get our to get our main point and to get our lesson. So I'll go ahead and read. This is 2 Chronicles chapter 26, and then I'll pray, and then we can get into our discussion. So this is 2 Chronicles chapter 26. Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in place of his father, Amaziah. He was the one who rebuilt Elath and restored it to Judah after Amaziah rested with his fathers. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. His mother's name was Jechaliah. She was from Jerusalem. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. He sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. He went to war against the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath, Jabne, and Ashdod. He then rebuilt towns near Ashdod and elsewhere among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabs who lived in Gurbal, and against the Mionites. The Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah and his fame spread as far as the border of Egypt because he had become very powerful. Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate, at the valley gate, and at the angle of the wall, and he fortified them. He also built towers in the desert and dug many cisterns because he had much livestock in the foothills and in the plain. He had people working his fields and vineyards in the hills and in the fertile lands, for he loved the soil. Uzziah had a well-trained army, ready to go out by divisions according to their numbers as mustered by Jael, the secretary, and Masaya, the officer under the direction of Hananiah, one of the royal officials. The total number of family leaders over the fighting men was 2,600. Under their command was an army of 307,500 men trained for war, a powerful force to support the king against his enemies. Uzziah provided shields, spears, helmets, coats of armor, bows, and sling stones for the entire army. In Jerusalem, he made machines designed by skillful men for use on the towers and on the corner defenses to shoot arrows and hurl large stones. His fame spread far and wide, for he was greatly helped until he became powerful. But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord his God, and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Azariah the priest with eighty other courageous priests of the Lord followed him in. They confronted him and said, It is not right for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is for the priests, the descendants of Aaron, who have been consecrated to burn incense. Leave the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful, and you will not be honored by the Lord God. Uzziah, who had a censer in his hand ready to burn incense, became angry, While he was raging at the priests in their presence before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy broke out on his forehead. When Azariah, the chief priest, and all the other priests looked at him, they saw that he had leprosy on his forehead, so they hurried him out. Indeed, he himself was eager to leave because the Lord had afflicted him. King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in a separate house, leprous, and excluded from the temple of the Lord. Jotham, his son, had charge of the palace and governed the people of the land. The other events of Uzziah's reign, from beginning to end, are recorded by the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. Uzziah rested with his fathers and was buried near them in a field for burial that belonged to the kings. For people said he had leprosy, and Jotham his son succeeded him as king. Okay, let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the Scripture. I thank you for, uh, I, I thank you for these these stories. I thank you for these people that we can read their story, that we can read how they walked with you in faithfulness and how they walked away from you in disobedience. I thank you that these stories are not just stories in history that we can learn about, but that we can apply them to our lives and see how they reflect our own hearts and see how they reflect our walk with you. Help us to learn from the story of Isaiah, help me to help us to learn from his life, his decisions, his faithfulness, his disobedience, help that to resonate in our hearts right now as we reflect upon our walk with you and our obedience to your son Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask that you administer wisdom through my voice, through my words, through the scriptures, and through this podcast to whoever listens. Help all people that are listening and participating in this podcast to hear your voice speaking to them and gain wisdom from this podcast and gain direction in how we can follow your son Jesus and dedicate more of our life to following him as disciples and as Christians. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, I think this is the first time I, I have to double check this, but I think this is the first time that our podcast has gone into the histories section of the Bible. Um, it's uh, it's on one side extremely interesting. Some of the stories that you find in First uh, and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles um, and the Samuels, First and Second Samuels, are fascinating. Just like with Genesis um, and the whole story. Of Israel and its history, and then the Exodus of them being rescued and wandering um, to the Promised Land, being guided by God. There's there's a, a narrative um, story arc quality to these books of the Bible. So on one side, it's full of interesting action and events and people. On the other side, First uh, and Second Chronicles and First and Second Kings can be extremely difficult. To follow, because you have chapter after chapter of different kings, uh, that there there's a redundant element to the way that it's written. That's hard for our modern ears to to hear. You know, we tend to to lose patience with the way that it's written. But there are just so many different figures. Some are similar, some are very different. But it's hard to. It's kind of like with proverbs. Um, You could read one chapter, and it might have thirty you know, somewhat different proverbs or statements um, or teachings. So, you know, parts of the histories are narrative where you can go from one chapter to the next and it's following the same action, it's following the same people. But other times it's so cut up that it's hard to really spend too much time in it because your your mind gets exhausted, you know, trying to keep up, trying to remember What you just read, trying not to get them mixed up, Um, but it's it's extremely valuable. And uh, like I prayed before we started, you know, Paul talks about this, and he says that these these stories, you know, from Israel's history, not just stories, they're there for us to learn from. So when we read the histories, when we go into Genesis, or we read Exodus, or we go through First and Second Chronicles, one thing that we have to do, and I talk about this a lot, is we have to find the context. Of that story or of that person or of those people in the context of Jesus, but then put us in the context of that work of salvation that led to Jesus and to where we are right now as Christians. There should be an unbreakable cord between us and someone like Uzziah. There has to be. Um, if there's not, then it's just a history story in the same way that if I opened up a, a history book about... Polynesia, or a history book about, uh, you know, Turkey, or um, El Salvador. These are just stories of history that maybe have no connection to me whatsoever, but they're, they're stories from history. If there's no cord connecting me to Isaiah, the cord being Jesus, and what he fulfilled, then all it is is a story from Israel's history, and honestly, not being Jewish myself, not being a a professor of of Israeli history, there's not a lot of incentive there for me to care a lot about it or to have an interest. But we know from Scripture, we know that Jesus himself testified that everything in the Scripture testifies about him. So when we go into Second Chronicles 26, we have to read it for the context of Uzziah and his relationship to God, but we have to allow that to reflect on our relationship God as well. That's That's the second step, and that's the, in my opinion, that's the most important step, is that I understand how this relationship worked, how this relationship was between Uzziah and God, but then how that reflects my relationship to God in Jesus Christ. So what we have in Uzziah is what you have in a lot of the different stories of the different kings in Israel. You have a story where the king comes into power knowing that God is God, knowing that he is in control, trusts God or pursues God, follows God, however you want to phrase it, receives blessings, but then falls away. That's a redundant and that's a cyclical pattern, not of Israel, not of Uzziah, but of human beings. That's a sinful pattern. Cycle. That's the cycle of sin left unchecked or un, un, uh, uncured by the gospel. That's a, a cycle that will continue to run. So what you have in Uzziah is very common, not just in the kings, but it's very common to us. Seeking the Lord, receiving blessing, falling away from the Lord, and falling away from God completely. And losing everything. You have the Israelites. They cry out to God. He saves them. They turn away from God. They suffer. You know, that's, that's the story from beginning to end when you're reading in Scripture. And that story concludes in this way, that man needs God. We need God. And not just to receive abundance or excessive blessing, but to live, to have fulfillment in life. We need God. That is the the underlying truth about the entire Bible. All of the scriptures testify to that truth that we need God. And you can see it over and over that when an individual seeks God, when an individual pursues God, lays their life at God's feet and says, my life is yours, let your will be done. You see an upturn in their life, not necessarily in safety and in the way that we see with Uzziah, where he's this king and he has so many possessions, he has blessings on every side, but what you do see all the time is you see clarity and you see a way being made. That's that's important, is that a way is being made now a way might be being made through a tropical storm in your life you know that being blessed by god has nothing to do with having lots of possessions or having safety or being popular it has nothing to do with that what we are giving and what we are given in christ the anointed one that makes the way in the same way that God in the Old Testament makes the way to reflect what later is fulfilled in Jesus, what we see is clarity. We see the way being made, being laid out before the person. So we don't see the person uh, toiling over the soil, barely making ends meet, trying, trying so hard and just wasting away physically emotionally, spiritually, in every way, what you see is someone walking a path that has already been paved. You see them walking a trail that's already been blazed, that's already been cut, so that they can just walk. That's what you see. That's the blessing. That's being blessed by the Lord, that you are walking on a path that has been laid out before you. You can say it in this way, that you have been prepared for that place, and that place has been prepared for you. That is the blessing, and that is the result of giving your life to God and seeking God. And that's the the, the common, redundant storyline throughout the entire scripture of a person or a people group, is that when you follow the Lord, when you seek Him as God, a way has been made for you. When you don't, the way is shut. And that's what we see in Uzziah. So instead of going verse by verse, I'm going to take us through the chapter with some pivotal verses that I think formulate a lesson um, or a a teaching that can be valuable for us in this Bible study. The first is I want to focus on chapter 26, verse 4 and 5. So this is where we start, essentially. In verse 4, it says, "...he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done." He sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. So there we have the starting point. How did Uzziah hear about this? He he heard it from his dad. It had been passed on to him. He had learned it. It didn't just happen. So this idea of just having blind faith, that's obliterated. He was taught this. He was shown this. He saw the fruit of following the Lord in his father, Amaziah. So every Christian should have that person or those people. Where did you hear it from? For me, the seeds of the gospel were sown in my life by my parents. And then later, it was developed and that seed started to grow into a plant. But everyone has someone. And that's why sharing the gospel and being the gospel to the people around you is so crucial, is that you are passing on the witness of what it is to walk a path that's been paved for you by the living God. And it wasn't just obey God. So that was, that was part of it. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He obeyed God. So that's part of it, and that's huge. He obeyed God. But also, he was instructed in the fear of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. So you have obedience, you have fear, or respect, awe, you can say, and you have seeking. That's that's the recipe to following the Lord down that path. You have to be obedient to his word. What he says goes. His yes means yes, and his no means no. There is no debate. When he says, love your neighbor, or when he calls us to not commit adultery, Or to not marry someone who has been divorced. Or if he calls us to give up our possessions, to not own a thing. If he tells us to address an issue with a brother in Christ before we go to the altar and worship. If he's telling us in the scripture, the living word, to do something, we do it. If he says no, we don't. So first, there's obedience. You have to be obedient to his word. Second, You have to have the fear of the Lord. That's why you're obedient. Not because of punishment, because there is no condemnation in Christ, but because he's God. Because he's God. If you don't possess a fear of the living God, your God is too small and your God is not the true God. Because to experience the presence of the living God is to experience A God that is so immense and so holy that you can only naturally bow your knees spiritually and physically and say, Forgive me, for I have sinned. Don't look at me. I have nothing that I deserve from you. Have mercy. That is your reaction to the living God. If you have not had that reaction to the living God, I want to challenge you to meet the living God. Because when you meet the living God, He is not small. He is not someone you debate with. He's not someone that you bargain with. He's not someone that comes along when you need help. He is there. He is huge. He is in control. And He is the King. And to be in the presence of the King is to experience an awe that is likened to fear because he is God. So your obedience comes from knowing who he is. He is the king. He is the creator. He is your father. He is God. From beginning to end, the same God of Abraham, the same God of Moses, that is your God. And if that doesn't produce awe, respect, fear in your heart. Go back and read it again and ask God to show himself to you in the same way Moses said, show me your glory. Ask him to show you his glory. So obedience, fear, and then seeking. You have to seek God. It's an active decision to seek the Lord. You didn't seek him and now you found him and now you just rest with him. You have to constantly seek him because as long as you're living in this world, you're going to be up against things that are not of him, that are not holy, and you come under attack from those things. You are tempted by those things daily, every hour. So to not be seeking the Lord, actively seeking the Lord, is to be vulnerable to attack, and you will fail. You will be defeated. A soldier in a fight, in a battle, does not say, well, I've defended myself once from that person. I'm safe for the rest of the war. No, your guard is up at all times. You are alert at all times. You are defensive and sometimes offensive at all times. The fight is ongoing. The way is stretching far beyond where your eyes see. It isn't a step or a brick that he has prepared for you. He has prepared a way that you walk until he says, you're done, well done, good and faithful servant. But until that point, you seek him actively. And that's what Uzziah did. And what happened? God blessed him. He found success. The way was made for him. And for verse after verse after verse, we see all the details. We won't go into all of that, but it's similar to when you read about about Solomon. Abundance. So all I'll say about what he received, what his success was, is that it was more than normal. His abundance was abnormal. And what you experience when the Lord is blessing you, you won't become a millionaire necessarily. You won't receive the amount of possessions that Uzziah did necessarily. But what you feel, what you will feel in your life, is an abundance. You will feel abundant joy, abundant strength. You will feel abundant favor because God is making a way for you. Before, when you were banging on doors that were locked that weren't there for you to open, when you were trying to pry open doors, wasting your muscle strength away trying to pry open a door that was not meant for you to open, now what you find is doors are flung open and all you do is walk. So the amount of time you wasted trying to pry open those doors and never got through in that same amount of time... You've walked through 20 doors. That's an abundance. And that's what happened is that Uzziah found success because he was obedient, he feared the Lord, and he sought the living God. That's how we start. It's an amazing first half of the chapter. Wow, one thing after another. He had that. That happened. It's an abundance. I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel where if you pray a lot or if you really seek God, he will bless you and your finances will be a blessing and you'll get the job and all these things. You'll be healthy and all those things. I won't say that because in Jesus we hear that blessed are the poor. And you will have suffering. And you will be persecuted. You will be abandoned by family, friends, the world. That's our gospel. That's our future. That's our life as disciples. But what you will have is a way prepared for you and the experience of walking away that you don't have to work to create, but that he creates for you is an abundance in- internally. And you will see an abundance externally. You will see an abundance. But that abundance is not for you to lord over others or to hoard. That abundance is running through you, in and out. If you've been blessed financially, that's amazing. Praise God. Now give it away. If you've been blessed with abundant health, that's amazing. Praise God. Now use your physical strength. Help those who don't have strength. If you've been blessed with favor in your career, now work that job like you're working for the Lord and do what is righteous, not taking more than you should. Not taking advantage of people. Bless others with your blessing. Because all we have, all we need is Jesus. Everything else is there to be used to bring other people to Jesus. But you will receive success and favor if you seek the Lord. But ultimately, it's for Him. It's given back to Him. Then what we see, the story changes in verse 16. But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord his God and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. So what happens is he becomes powerful and all of his possessions go to his head. He starts to think he is something. He starts to think that those things he has are his. He starts to get puffed up in his pride, in his ego. And he starts to go into an area that is not for him. But because he is somebody now, he can go wherever he wants. We have to be actively seeking the Lord and actively seeking defense from ourselves, actively seeking defense from worldly temptation and possessions. We all crave certain things, and a few of those things are power and possessions. Our sin feeds off of those things. Other things too, but in this situation, our sin feeds off of power and success. Pray that God protect you from those things because man is not meant to possess too much of those things unchecked by the living God. That's why when we receive those things, we have to immediately give it to God. It's like trying to you know, handle hot coals. You can't hold it in your hand for a prolonged period of time. Same thing on walking on coals. You walk quickly across it because if you stand too long, if you hold it too long, it'll destroy your hands. You'll lose your hands. You'll lose your feet. You hold it and you give it away. Uzziah held it. And the longer he held it, the more destruction was a result of him holding onto that thing, that power, those possessions. And instead of seeking the Lord, being obedient to the Lord, fearing the Lord, there's no more fear. There's no more obedience. There's no more seeking. He had what he wanted. Power, success, possessions. And what that produces in someone is a fool. Not someone with wisdom and discernment, but a fool who does something that's so foolish And so obvious. He knew. He had to know. And that's not the point. This was not ignorance. This was pride. I can do whatever I want because I'm somebody. Because I am at this position. Because I have these things. No one's going to tell me what I can't do. So Uzziah is unfaithful because he had too much. So God will bless you if you seek him, if you are obedient to him, if you fear him. He will bless you, but he will bless you with Jesus, and he will bless you in this world with possessions, possibly, with money, possibly, with health, possibly. But when we receive those possessions, we have to give them right back to him to use them right away, or else we will be overcome by the temptation and the pull of those things and abandon the Lord. That is one lesson from this. Pray that you don't have too much. And if you are blessed with an abundance, pray that you have the wisdom and the fear of the Lord to give it away. Pray that you are not taken away by that temptation to own, to possess, to have. This is a warning from Uzziah. And we're going to get to what happens. But it's not good. Next, we're going to go to verse 19. It says, Uzziah, who had a censer in his hand ready to burn incense, became angry. While he was raging at the priests in their presence before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy broke out on his forehead. So before, right before verse 19, what happens is some courageous priest I mean, courageous priests going into the king and confronting him and saying, what are you doing? Stop. It's more than I think a lot of pastors and priests would do today. But they had the courage, they had the fear of the Lord and said, you're not allowed to be in here. Stop. What are you doing? And what should have happened, what we would hope would have happened in Uzziah was conviction. Conviction. Lord, forgive me. Forgive my transgressions. I'm not worthy. Thank you, brothers, for correcting me, for telling me the hard truths, for confronting me, for rebuking me. In that moment, that was the most loving thing they could do, is say, stop, put it down, go out. But what we see happening is not conviction. We see anger and a heart for retaliation. Sin, that sin that had been fed by his pride, by his ego, was now a monster inside. It wasn't a gentle dove. It wasn't a gentle lamb. It wasn't a child of God. This was someone who was warring and competing with God. And in that moment, it wasn't, forgive me, Lord. It was, how dare you tell me what to do? So pray that you are not taken away by the temptation to own or possess or have, but pray that when you are confronted by the word, by a friend in Christ, by a sermon, pray that you have an openness of heart to be convicted by that sermon or by that person or by the Word. It is grace that we are confronted by the Word. It is grace that we are given conviction by Scripture and by God's servants. Now that has to be dealt with gently and wisely by people if it's coming from people. But a real brother and sister in Christ will tell you when you are erring. They should pray about that fervently before they ever say anything. And they should consult the Lord fervently before they say anything. But if God is calling them to say, stop, pray that when that moment happens, you receive that, seeing the heart of God and hearing the voice of God that loves you and wants you to live. Pray that you don't act like Uzziah in anger. He's angry because of that pride. No one can tell me what to do because of who I am. He became somebody. And to be in the presence of God is to know that you are nobody. But in that state of being nobody, God loves you as somebody. But being a somebody is only affirmed by God loving you and creating you as somebody. It wasn't something you made. It wasn't something that you are independent Apart from him, you are somebody because he loves you and has made you somebody. So that can be our second, it's our third, le- third, third lesson point, but second warning. Don't be tempted to own or possess or to have or to be somebody. And when that moment comes, when someone confronts you with the gospel, with what the, with what the living God has declared, Pray that you can receive that with humility and a heart to know what God wants. Pray that in that moment you are still seeking God, still have the fear of the Lord, still obedient to God. And then what happens? Because of this reaction, of Uzziah, leprosy breaks out on his forehead and he's cast out. And at the very end in verse 21, we read, King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in a separate house, leprous, and excluded from the temple of the Lord. That place that he went to initially is where he's never going back. He's outside of the temple, a leper, someone cast out from society. That's what awaits us if we turn away from the Lord eternal separation from the living God. It's not leprosy that we're talking about right now. What we're talking about right now is eternal separation from the living God in the same way that at the very beginning we said that being blessed by God is walking a path that's been prepared for you so that you don't have to waste any energy, any pain or suffering creating that path for yourself. In the same way being apart from God, living excluded from his presence, is the opposite. An eternity of trying, wasting yourself, pulling at doors that will never open. Never. Knowing that you have a hunger in your heart for something, having a longing for something that you will never possess. Being a fish that is called to live outside of water forever, just able to survive, but never fully in the environment they were designed for and knowing it the whole time. The fall of Uzziah is massive, but why he fell, how he fell, is very clear. And that is relevant to us right now. When you seek God in prayer, in fellowship with other believers in the scriptures, when you obey what he says, when you possess the fear of the Lord, he makes a way for you that creates an abundance, more than you'd ever imagine, more than you could have ever thought or planned or prepared. That is your life. And that's not because you're somebody. It's because he is God and he loves you and wants you to live and be fruitful and multiply. That's it. It's grace. It's a gift. However, our sin is still alive and active in our heart. Until we are with him, the sin is crouching at the door and it desires to have you. And that sin feeds off of pride, it feeds off of the ego, but more specifically, it feeds off of power, possessions, success, money, being somebody, being self-made. And when we give in to those temptations, that pride grows to the extent that when someone corrects you, someone that dearly loves you and wants you to live, that has the same heart as the living God, that wants you to live and be fruitful, when that somebody that loves you tells you, stop at a certain point, that ball is rolling down the hill and nothing can stop it. And ultimately where that leads is outside of the presence of God forever. Because of Jesus, we have the way. Because of Jesus, we are welcomed back into the presence of the living God. Because of Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit that will convict us in the word and in the body because of the Holy Spirit. Because of Jesus, we don't have to be cast out because of our sin and our transgressions, which are many, but he was cast out He was executed outside of the city so that we can be brought in, that the temple curtain was torn so that there is nothing in between us and the living God because of what he did, because of Jesus. We can be in the presence of the living God right now. We can see the way. We can walk the way. It's narrow, but it's been prepared for us. So the choice is up to you. Are you willing to lay your life down and say, I don't live for myself anymore. I don't live for my money or my career or the people around me anymore because what I want is I want to truly live. And if what that requires of me is to bow my knees in the presence of the living God and to say, what you say, I will do. Where you go, I will go. Because you are God, the fruit of that decision will be a way that's prepared for you and an abundance along that way. Amen. That is truth. That is the good news. However, the choice to turn aside from that offer, those promises, and to attempt to be self-made, to make your own path, To turn away from the Lord's commands and His voice and His presence is to be ultimately, eternally cast out and excluded and outside of the presence of God. So, my prayer for you, my challenge to you, and say, Lord, show me my heart. Show me how I need to change. Show me the way. Let me hear Your voice. Let me see Your glory. And show me how I can live for you. Show me my faults. Show me everything. But show me the way. And I will follow. That's my challenge to you. Because the way of Jesus is good. And there is fruit there. And there's life there. So choose Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. Thank you that you have laid out what we ought to do, what we have to do to have life. And I ask that all of us listening in this podcast choose Jesus. Thank you for your son, that he is the way, the way of salvation and righteousness and true life. Thank you for your son, Jesus. And in his name we pray, amen. Okay, so we'll leave it there for this week's episode of the Moboard Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in, and remember, if you have any thoughts or questions or comments or scriptures you'd like discussed on the podcast, please send them in to me at mobilewordministry at gmail.com. I'd love to address them on the podcast. So thank you again for listening. Until next time, enjoy the Word, and God bless.